Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thanks for joining us today. I'm here with the shooting coach, Jaden Nichols, along with myself, Coach Steve Kramer, as we take another deep dive episode into shooting the basketball. Specifically, how can we increase power and range on our shots, Coach Nichols? Everybody wants the space, baby. Everybody wants to be able to shoot some, shoot some threes, stretch it out, obviously, throughout the course of this podcast series. We've talked about a lot of the details to making a higher percentage of shots, hunting those specific shots that we take down. But can we start to stretch that shot back while keeping great shot form? That's the topic on hand today. So coach, before we dive into some of these specifics with our PDF, and if you're watching on YouTube, you get you get can actually see one of the PDFs that we'll give out at some of our shooting camps, a kind of extra bonus. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, but you want to take a look at the PDF that we hand out at our camps, just go to Kramer Basketball on YouTube and you'll be able to see this episode there as well. And uh, that might give you a little better explanation of some of the things we're touching on in this episode. So Coach Nichols, you here. Hey, we want to increase our power, increase our range. What are some things that come to mind? Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind when we're just talking about this topic is definitely the progressive nature of shooting the basketball. We've talked about that with our form shooting. We've talked about that as we go from age to age, there's a, a progressive nature of extending your range as you grow older as a player. And then as you just get better and you get more powerful, you get in the weight room more, you're going to be able to extend your range. But there are some specific things that come and build upon form shooting. So this is, this is no different than stuff we've talked about before. It's, it's a lot of just what we're building on with form shooting and the progressive nature of shooting. So you bring up a great point. There's, different ways you can go out as players get older as players age as players get stronger they should naturally be able to have a little more power in whatever it is that they're doing uh, the point of this episode is let's say you're not very strong let's say you're struggling you know maybe you can knock down 15 footers but when you you know pull it back four or five feet to the three-point line all of a sudden your mechanics start to go out the window right and you're just concentrating more so on muscling the ball to the hoop instead of maintaining proper shooting mechanics, keeping that ball moving and sending that thing home. So here are some tips, Coach Nichols, and I'm going to list, you know, two. Then you can comment on them and list another two. You can comment on them. We'll kind of go back and forth, a little dialogue here with some of these tips to improving power and range. But I want to start with this short story, all right, because we all love stories, right? So I'm back in Bowling Green, Ohio, right? And I'm giving basketball lessons. Kramer basketball has just become like official LLC, all, all that stuff. Right. And there's a young lady that I was having the chance to work with third grade name is Maddie Scheidt. All right. She is now like a junior in high school right now. Right. Um, and in New Jersey, by the way, she just won the conference title for like the mile relay or mile. Anyway, I don't know enough about track. She's really fast. Anyway, we're working on basketball, shooting the rock, and she's a gym rat. If we give her something, she comes back the next week. I can tell that she's worked at it. And we were trying to really concentrate on some of ways that she can shoot the basketball from a fundamental standpoint really efficiently because what an advantage it is if you're in third grade, fourth grade, and you're able to pick up some of these common shooting characteristics at an early age. It just, everything just becomes easier. It's like that with everything else. Um, 
but she was a real student of the game. And for most kids, I don't even really take a deep dive into shooting until they're in about fifth grade, but she's a, was an extremely advanced player. Still is like, she'll, she'll go on be a college athlete. Uh, no doubt about it. So as we worked with her, similar to what you said, it was just a little bit by little bit. Are we maintaining our shooting position? Is our shot looking the same, even though we're shooting it from different distances and we're able to add more power without losing our aim, right? Without, okay, more shots are going left, more shots are going right, because I'm compromising some things so I can get some of that power in my shot, which is what we, what we come and see. Point is, throughout the course of, of working with her, you know, for, I don't know, about a year and a half, by the time she finished and they end up moving out of state, but by the time she finished working with us, she could knock down threes. I mean, th think about this. How many third grade girls do you know that you could fire a basketball out to? They're going to catch it and, and pop a three, right? How many? She's the only one that I know of, right? And, you know, we've had a chance to work with a lot of players. But as far as being that young, you know, being like nine years old and be able to catch and drill a three, um, we have high school players that still struggle with that. But some of these characteristics that we're talking about, she had at a very early age, and it's just going to continue to benefit you down the road. So that was the short story, not that short. And uh, so as we're getting to this, number one, and this is in no particular order, but number one, move the ball first, move the ball first. What I mean by that is if you're down in a shooting position, and what I like to say, you're, you're loaded, right? And your, your hips are back, slight flex in the knees, you got some ankle, ankle flexion there. And as you start to lift the basketball up into your shot, we're still maintaining loading with our hips, knees, and ankles. And as the basketball starts to come up, then we start to unload hips, knees, ankles as we start to send that basketball into more of, you got your lift, and then you have more of your follow-through motion, right? The lift comes first, right? So as we lift the basketball, we're still keeping everything loaded down low. That allows us to move the basketball first. So as the basketball comes up, we still have our core and everything loaded down low, which is then going to unload as the basketball gets higher and give us a lot more power in our shot. If you do not do this, you end up unloading because the ball comes up and the body comes up at the exact same time. Now you've unloaded the power in your lower body, right? because instead of moving the ball first, you moved everything up at the same time. Now you have to muscle it with your upper body all the way to the basket because you already used all the power in your lower half. This can lead to players that have a lot of upper body motion in their shots. If you're really strong, you can get away with some of this and we could, you know, you could take, take a deep dive into specific players, really high level players, get a lot of elevation on their shot. They really can shoot it two different ways. They can take more of that fluid, looks a little bit more like what you might call a one motion shot. And then you get in more of the mid range contested shot. Okay, now I'm going to elevate. I'm going to lift everything up. I'm going to pause. I'm going to hang in the air. I'm going to have a cup of coffee. I'm going to let that mere mortal defender drop back down to earth. And then I'm going to pull the shot, right? That's Michael Jordan. That's Kobe Bryant. That's Jason Tatum right now. See, like he'll, he'll drive. Jimmy Butler is all over him. He'll rise up. He'll just hang in the air, sit there for a minute. Jimmy Butler will kind of go back down and then Tatum will take his shot. That's a little more of a situation where you're moving everything up together. You're jumping. You're so athletic. You're so high. Most players aren't in this 
position, right? And so being able to move the basketball first will allow us to incorporate a lot more power with the upper body and the lower body. Coach Nichols, I just, you know, said way more than I'm, I meant to, and that's only one. So thoughts and comments on that first. Not much. I just, when I think of specifically high-level players who we just see a lot of slow-mo, um, what are they called, highlights of, think of Steph Curry when you watch him. Ball's always moving first. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, there's a reason that we see really good high-level players moving the ball first before the rest of their body body moves it. So, yeah, not, not much to add, just exactly what you were saying. So the ball moves first. That's a key for power. And the ball moves fast. And so it, think about if you were to throw a baseball, a softball, a football, and I said, all right, I'm going to stand, you know, I don't know, 30 yards away. Throw it to me. And then you threw that ball to me. But I said, hey, before you throw it, I want you to move your arm really, really slow. It's not going to get to me, right? You're going to move your arm fast to give that ball power. Same thing with the basketball, right? If you want to have less power, move the ball slower, right? You want to move the ball, have more power on the shot, move the ball faster, right? Simple tip. This can be tricky for some players because there's timing going on with with your hips and your legs and everything else. Um, But it's a, it is a simple concept from the understanding of, listen, the ball needs to go farther. So I need to move the ball faster while it's in my hand to give it some of that energy so that it can go from, for example, shoot a three instead of a 15 footer. Any thoughts on that one? Yeah, we used to, a lot of players probably get on a gun uh, throwback machine, whatever you call it. And our high school coach used to always, he would have a step off about a, a foot or two off the line and he would turn the speed up of the gun and he would just tell us, get that ball out quick, get it out quick, get it out quick. And at first you miss a ton of those because you're not used to throwing the ball that fast and getting it up and out. But as you continue to do that and practice it, there's something to that. When you move the ball faster, it's easier to extend your range that way. And when we're moving the ball first, um, I think we should acknowledge too, some players have a dip in their motion too. And so that's a, that's a quick way to get some rhythm. If you want to dip the ball like a Ray Allen does, those two things right there are, are really key. And that's, I like that we're starting here because these are two of the more important ones when it comes to extending our range. And you mentioned the the dip, which is, it's not something that we really talk about a lot at our shooting camps, but I'm glad that you brought it up because I know that some coaches are very anti dip. Uh, I'm not. Um, I think that it's a, as you mentioned, it's a good way to get rhythm. It's also a good way to get power. Like imagine if you caught the basketball at your chest or your neck area, and then you get out in your shot, that ball doesn't have a ton of space to gain the power that you could create to get out into your shot, right? So even bringing that basketball a little bit lower will allow you to be able to move the basketball a little farther, which gives it the chance to accelerate a little bit more. Now we got a little more power in our shot, right? Similar to a windup on throwing a football. Like instead of bringing the basket or the football back, like imagine if you said, okay, I'm going to throw this football, but I'm going to keep it at about my ear and then throw it. It'd be a lot harder to get a lot of power in the shot. Right. So the same thing applies. Now, occasionally do you get a player with like an extreme dip where their arms are almost straightening out and then they're bringing the basketball up and can that create a lot of issues? Yeah. 
it can't. Right. But for the most part, we really don't have uh, a lot of players who are like, oh, my goodness, that dip is actually ruining their shot that I think that's something that's kind of it's talked about a lot. Realistically, when you watch the game, I mean, everybody gets the ball to, you know, some people call it their shot pocket. They get it down to their spot and then they let it go. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one of the biggest dips I've ever seen was a guy named Ray Allen. Pretty good shooter. <laughs> right. He had a huge, he had a huge dip. Right. He, he would even you know, almost straighten some of his, his arms out. Right. Which I think is really hard to, to get that piece down, but he would almost even straighten his arms out and then get up in, in his shot. So it can, it can be done. Third one, move the ball straight. Coach Nichols, what are some of your thoughts on power and range and how moving the basketball straight can help us there? Yeah, this is actually one I, I fix a lot when I work with kids. So when we talk about moving the ball straight, this is much better if you're viewing, but imagine you, you do have a straight line where you're bringing the ball straight up from your pocket up towards your shoulder or wherever you like to release it. Some players, what they do is they do this little arm swear. They'll bring the ball forward and almost load it back towards their body in like a C motion. So what we want is a straight up and down, down motion with the ball because it has a shorter distance to go. And also we, we talk about wrist load a lot. We've talked about it in our form shooting. You want to have some sort of wrist load and it's much easier to maintain a consistent wrist load. If you're going in a straight line, than if you're flopping the ball out and then back and flicking your wrist at the last moment to then do it again, creates almost what we call a slingshot. So a lot of times we'll diagnose a slingshot when really what we want is we want you to get under the ball and actually push through it in a straight, straight line motion. Yeah. Great explanation right there. And I also think of that of players that are moving the basketball from left to right as they get up into their shot and think of the energy that you have to use and the work that you have to use to try to move the basketball at different points in your body, right and left, and then to be able to center it before you get underneath the ball and up and out into the shot. That's going to take away from some of your power and range because instead you're using some of your energy to just get that basketball more or less in a straight line. So how can we do a better job in our shot preparation and motion of the ball, keeping it straight? Now, I've talked on a handful of episodes about my lack of flexibility. Maybe some of that's my fault. Maybe some of that is, you know, genetic, probably, probably some of both. Right. Um, So, but for me, you know, you talked about players that will bring the basketball a little farther out. I bring the basketball fairly far out. Like some, some players will, have their elbow almost back behind their body. So the ball is really close to their body as they bring it up. I, I can't, uh, I hate to say the word can't, um, really, really uncomfortable for me. And have I worked at it? Have I tried that? Yep, I have. In fact, instead of doing that for me, I like to hold the basketball more so at my belly button area. And then it comes out slightly because I just don't feel that comfortable with my elbows being behind my my body almost my elbows start a little more so at my sides and then I bring the basketball up but you know I just just a little bit of an example you know as you you were to watch me to shoot you'd see the ball does form somewhat of a C coming out listen I'm not saying I'm the best shooter you need to shoot exactly like me either right Um, there's plenty of great shooting coaches out there and they can't shoot a lick they just do a really good job of explaining how to do it now it certainly helps to be able to demonstrate something 100% like I can speak from making a living doing demonstrations, but um, it, it certainly helps me know demonstrate. But if you can explain it 
right? You don't necessarily have to be able to do it. You just better do a really good job of explaining something. Now, I will say that every player that you, you know, diagnose or evaluate when it comes to shooting the basketball, we've talked about this in the past, everybody's different. Again, I have really long arms, right? I'm about six, two and a half. You want to get technical. My wingspan is like six, seven, six, eight, right? So when I bring the basketball up, I just got a lot of arms going on as far as, so yeah, my forearms are longer. Everything's longer. So the ball is going to come out a little bit more because in comparison to my body, because my arms are a heck of a lot longer than, than my body is. So some of those things kind of come into play. I think as you're looking at a player shot, you know, you want to keep some of those things in mind is you don't want to be specific with a player and say, Hey, this is a specific rule that we have because when it, what happens when we have rules, right? We find out there's a bunch of players that are really good at something that they do and they don't follow those rules. Right. So let's be able to find some of those common characteristics. You know, I mentioned something on that. Yeah. And Steve, that's why we probably need to do a better job of continuing to mention that shooting is both art and math. It's, it's got to feel good, but it also needs to, look as at least technically sound so there there is a balance between it's got to feel but it's got to be feel good and it's got to be optimal it's art and math that's why that's part of why i love basketball it's because it fits both sides of our brain here yes i couldn't couldn't say it any better than that fourth tip keep the ball moving i feel like we've touched on this already what do you think keep the ball moving when you hear that tip yeah i just one of my biggest pet peeves is anybody who stops the ball halfway there does a little break and then pushes it through. You're going to lose so much power, especially for trying to extend our range. Think specifically on three point shooters. Never seen a good three point shooter who stops the ball at their, at their shoulder like that. Extremely difficult to do. You know, a couple of errors that I see when players don't keep the basketball moving is the shot seems to get flat. Some players, when they stop, the almost bring the basketball a little farther back than they should. And then they get out. We've talked a little bit about the slingshot motion as well. And that's something that, you know, I've had to work on myself as a player, um, you know, growing up, I really emphasized more of my two motion shot, jump really, really high, separate from the defense and then pull it right. While they're kind of descending back to and being somebody who could jump really high that shot was really, that was a bread and butter shot, still is honestly in the mid range, right? Really, really helps me shooting the basketball that way. The farther we get away from the basket, more difficult that becomes right. And especially shoot it accurately, shoot it with, get the power that you need in the shot. And so for me, really learning and saying, you know what, I'm going to shoot it two different ways as a player. When I got my mid range and I'm tightly contested and I know I need to get that shot off, I'm going to elevate. I'm going to pause a little bit, hold the pose, boom, and then I'm going to get that shot off. But if I got the choice and I'm open, and especially from, from three, keeping the basketball moving because that's where I know I'm going to be able to get a lot of power from. And anytime we stop the basketball, you've taken away all the power that you've used to get to that point, and then you got to start again. It's much less accurate, which I think is why we see a lot of the players that shoot the basketball that way where they come up, they pause it, and then they shoot it again really effective in the mid range, but as you mentioned, not necessarily great three point shooters, right? Most, most, not everybody, but most, right. You think of Michael Jordan, you think of Kobe Bryant, you know, I think Kawhi Leonard, right. Has, has a lot of that where, I mean, he, he can get that shot, pause it for a second, 
high release and you know it's it's lights out from the mid-range but to be able does he even shoot that same way no he actually shoots it a different way from the three-point line than he does in the mid-range right because he knows that's a different type of shot to be to be effective that's really advanced stuff right we're talking about pro basketball players who literally are spending plenty of time shooting the basketball they understand a guy like Kawhi Leonard literally can shoot two different kinds of jump shots depending on the situation are we expecting our high school players to do that no, which is why we recommend just keep the basketball moving. Super simple. And the one tip that I, I give to our kids at our shooting camps on this specific topic is when you feel your hand get underneath the basketball, get into your out motion or your follow through of the ball, right? As we talked about, if you have really two different pieces of your shots, you have the lift from low to high with the ball. And then you have the follow through, which is you going out to the basket. As soon as you start to feel your hand get underneath the ball, get into that out motion, get into that follow through. And that really is a good cue and reminder for kids who have the tendency to lift, pause, and then get into the out motion. We're trying to get rid of that little thing. So that's a big one right there. Number five on our tip. There's seven main tips that we have, by the way, for our, for our listeners out there. Number five load the wrist and the elbow early coach. How can that help us shooting the basketball with power and range? Oh man. It helps us just get prepared to take our shot. When we, when we say hands and feet ready, that's, that's number six to five and six load wrist and elbow early, and then load our lower levels too. When you get all of your things in motion, you can get the ball off quicker, but you can also get it off more efficiently. And if you have your, your wrist loaded and your elbow ready early you can get into your motion and you can just not have to worry and you can get some extra power under there yep just like coach is showing on the video if you can see it if we do those things early we just have better success rates and so this gets this gets more into the the outcomes so if we're going to shoot a more efficient shot we're going to have our, our extremities ready that's something what we yell every time that we're doing our we, we literally do a couple three-point shooting drills and we say hands and feet ready and they know what we mean by that because we explain when we say hands ready, that means have your hands open for the shot, your wrist loaded, your elbow locked, and then your lower levels at least engaged. So hips back, knees slightly bent, ankles slightly bent. Great explanation. You know, if, and if you just think, what if you did the opposite of those things? What if you didn't load your wrist until the last second? What if you didn't get your elbow bent and you started kind of sling the basketball up instead? Instead of using that energy for power and range instead of using energy to get loaded just much later in your shot. So not only are you going to lose power and range, but you're going to lose a lot of accuracy as far as keeping the basketball straight as well. Cause there's a lot of things you have to time absolutely perfectly. If you want to load the wrist and elbow late and still knock down shots, which leads us into our next tip, which you mentioned a little bit already is loading the lower levers, right? Which is our hips and our knees and our ankles. How valuable is that as far as extending our range? Oh man, it's, it's straight kinesiology. It's like, if, if our muscles are like rubber bands, how do we make a rubber band go far? We stretch them, we load them. It's the same thing with our legs. When we load our legs and we get, we get those muscles tightened, kind of like a rubber band, we can unlock them and they can spring. We can get some, some more power off of our legs and we can get more power into our shot. So when we load our, our lower levels, it's way easier to generate more power. It's just kinesiology. It's that simple. It's just the biology of the body. If we just stand up straight, try to get a catch and go all arms, 
it's going to be a lot harder to get the ball there. And like you mentioned, some people can get away with that, but the percentage is so small. I'll mention my younger brother. He, he put on a good like 55 pounds over college and he's got a dart of a shot. He can, he can sling that thing straight forward. This dude, he benches a lot. He's, he's easily benching 315. He squats over 500. Not the, not the normal high school basketball player is going to do that. And so that's why we want to load our lower levels. Cause like we mentioned, it's going to help our accuracy, but it's just kinesiology. It's going to help us generate power. Oh, the lower levels. You know, one, one thing that I, I really don't love hearing is, you know, you hear this in the stands, Hey, use your legs, use your legs, use your legs, you know, bend your knees more. And it's just not true, you know, for, for even players that aren't that strong. If you're loading with your hips back, you have slight knee bend and your ankles are flexed. You're going to be able to get the pop off of the floor and the majority of the power that you take in the shot, it, it, the lower levels are a very important piece, but there's so much to it. Listen, look at all the things we've talked about already. Moving the ball first, moving the ball fast, moving the ball straight, keeping the basketball moving, loading wrist, elbow early. We get a lot of power from our upper body when we shoot the basketball as well. And so this is a very important piece. I would argue that it's just as important from the timing standpoint of being able to have a fluid quick release in our shot, maybe even more so than it is the power and range aspect shot. You look at a lot of great shooters who have unbelievable range. It's not like they're getting a ton of lift on the shot. And it's not as if they are having this big squat, deep knee bend, like you would go up maybe for a finish at the rim or to go up for a big a big dunk, something like that. So they're getting power from their lower body. But as you said, it's a little more of an elastic. That's why we always talk about, are you loaded? And then we unload compared to like a big bend and coming up. We don't want that. That's also going to slow your shot down. You got to go down for longer and then you come up, takes longer to get your shot off. So that's going to hurt you from as far as getting your shot off quick as well. Number seven coach, which we touched on a little bit already, but how important is when your hand gets underneath the basketball, we transition right away into our follow-through. Yeah, well, I'll go back to Steph Curry. He's the perfect example of this. The second his hand gets under the ball, he's pushing that thing into a one-motion shot. It comes straight back to all the points we just mentioned, moving the ball straight, keeping the ball moving, moving it first, and moving it fast. When we get our hand under the ball and not just behind the ball, there's a difference. When we get our hand behind the ball, we can, we can push it, what we want to do is get our hand under the ball so that we can really transition into a good follow through. So wrist flick, whatever word you like and elbow extension. So that's why we got to get our hand under the ball and transition it fast, quick, and straight as possible. Straight as possible. Don't want to say it's got to be perfect. hundred uh, percent. Huge tidbit, right? Right there. Absolutely. Love it. And so as you've listened to this episode, I would start to think how, do your players generate their power and range or how do they struggle generating power and range and take a look at some of the things that we've mentioned in this podcast episode and say, which ones are they doing? Which ones are they not doing? Are there ones that sometimes they do it and sometimes they don't. 
And then we can start to figure out what is holding them back from extending in some of that power and range. Cause it's not like your kids don't want to have power and range and be able to knock down threes, right? They do, right? It just may be that they're fighting against themselves because they don't have certain characteristics that we've mentioned about this. So ask your kids, you know, how do they best generate power and range in their shot? When it comes to generating power, where are they struggling the most? What's holding them back? And then how can they fix it? We've talked about some of those issues and how we can fix it in this episode. Because you know, it's one of the things that we love about shooting is anybody can become a great shooter. It takes some mechanics. It takes uh, rhythm. Obviously, it takes a lot of practice. We've talked about some of the mindset and the shot selection pieces as well uh, throughout the course of this shooting podcast series. But to be able to take the nuggets that we've talked about in previous episodes and then say, okay, let's start to pull this, sh this shot back into deeper shots because everybody's playing with space, right? You see a lot of teams playing deep and wide. They're sending a player to each corner, looking for some of those corner threes, opening the court up to create more driving angles, right? Being able to pull even a, a, a power forward or a center, even if we're using those positions, because a lot of schools are, you know, positionless basketball now, being able to pull those players out, whether it's a pick and pop, go screen, being able to step out and knock down shots off of a switch, whatever that might be, is really, really vital. So we want to make sure we're setting our players up for success. So Coach Nichols, thank you for taking the time. Any tidbits or pieces of advice for coaches or players listening that want to continue to pull their shot back? Yeah, two small things. The first would be the, the close shots matter, the form shooting and the progression matters. So make sure we're focusing on everything up from eight feet in front of the basket as we're extending our range out. And then the second thing would just be hip mobility. If you haven't added anything into your pre-practice or your weight room workouts that involves hip mobility, that's going to help you extend your range. That's a great point. A lot of power when it comes to shooting, you know, things that you do in the weight room, how we run, how we jump, a lot of that comes from our hips, right? And especially students sitting so long, it's easier for us to get kind of our, our lower back out of alignment, our hips out of alignment. So being able to be active, do some of those uh, exercises, strengthen some of those things in the, in the weight room can go a, a really long way. So great stuff, Coach Nichols. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. If you enjoyed it, positive rating review goes a really long way. If you have any comments, any pieces of advice, some things that have worked for you as a coach working with your players, hey, we'd love to hear. You can reach out, contact at crayonbasketball.com, at Coach's Edge One on Twitter, and we'd more, be more than happy to um, have some of those conversations on how we can all not only shoot the basketball better, but help others shoot the basketball better as well. So thanks for listening. As always, get after it today.